Thank you for listening to Anyone Seeing This Podcast. In a moment, you're about to listen to episode three, the one about the worst spanking I never got. After your listening enjoyment, go ahead and like, rate, subscribe, thumbs up, turn on the bell notifications, five star, whatever you got to do to hook a brother up. So sit back and relax and enjoy your listening experience. Episode three, the one about the worst spanking I never got. Episode 3, the one about the worst spanking I never got. People say you shouldn't spank your kids. Well, I say maybe we don't spank them enough. I mean, you hear these so-called snowflakes say with a mouthful of granola, gluten-free by the way, that spanking kids teaches them to solve problems with violence and promotes negative behavior. Really? Well, I don't agree. Actually, I think that's part of the problem with America and with society is that there is no fear of consequence anymore. I mean, we could do whatever we want to do and the worst thing we could have is our toy taken away or I don't get my snack. That's ridiculous. So I'm going to tell you a couple stories today about spanking. First of all, yes, I spanked my kids, both of them, my boy and my girl. And they turn out just fine. Matter of fact, they're great kids. Awesome kids. I couldn't be any happier or proud of a, of a dad. The first time I spanked my son, he was almost probably about two years old, about a year and a half. And he was barely walking and he, you know, he'd fall down and he'd pull himself up. And, and one day he decided to investigate the CD player or the DVD player on our, on our TV stand. So he walked over there, pulled himself up and started pushing our little buttons And I said, Mikey, don't touch the DVD player. No. And he turned his little head and he looked at me with his big blue eyes. And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and he just went back and started pounding on the buttons again. And I said the second time, I said, Mikey, stop touching the DVD player. And he looked over his shoulder at me and began to process what I was saying. And then he decided, well, no, you don't own me. So I'm going to touch the buttons some more. So then he started hitting the buttons harder and turning the knobs even faster. So then I got off the couch and I got down eye level with him and I grabbed his little hand. I looked at him and I said, Mikey, I've told you two times not to touch a DVD player. If you touch a DVD player one more time, I'm going to spank you. And he looked at me and he looked down and he looked at me again. And then he just, you could tell that he was like, whatever, dude. And he turned his head and started smashing the buttons and turning the knobs even higher, harder, and just complete and utter defiance of any authority I have. So I grabbed his little hand and I reared back and I, boom, I popped his hand as hard as I could. You could see the pain travel through his hand, into his wrist, down his arm, into his elbow, into his upper arm, into his body and then radiate throughout his whole entire body he let out a scream like i've never heard he threw himself on the ground and he started rolling around like a crazy person he then rolled around all the way down to the hallway and he rolled into his bedroom and i was sitting there like oh my gosh i can't believe he acted like this he cried for you know maybe 35 45 seconds and then he just stopped 
And I went in there and I talked to him. I said, I told you what would happen if you touched that DVD player. I picked him up, dried his little tears off. I gave him a big old kiss on the forehead and I told him I loved him. You know, from this day forward, from that day forward, he never touched a DVD player ever again. And he uh, also doesn't like to go to Best Buy. I don't know. I don't know if they're related or not, but they may be. Well, that's enough of that. Let's get to my story. <clears throat> Amy Tudor. I know my, my wife just rolled her eyes. Uh, there is no name that comes up more often when I tell stories. This little 10-year-old girl has become an absolute legend in our house. Uh, the crazy thing is, is that I really cannot recollect any single detail about her. I mean, I don't remember what she looks like. I don't remember who her family was. I don't even know, honestly, if she went to school with me. I literally cannot fathom a single memory other than that day where my life literally flashed before my eyes. I remember it was raining. It was a light rain, not a pouring rain, uh, maybe a little misty. Uh, and it was in my childhood neighborhood of Nesco, New Jersey. Um, we lived on like a little mini farm. We had horses. I even think we had a pig one time, probably why I like bacon so much. Um, I don't remember that pig too much, but I remember he probably was delicious. Uh, we had a pasture behind our house. There was farmland all around, and we were sandwiched between, our house was sandwiched between my two aunt and uncle's houses, and both of those aunts were named Barbara. And so you would think there'd be some kind of like confusion when you would say, hey, I'm going to Aunt Barbara's house, but there really wasn't any confusion because I was really only allowed to go to one Aunt Barbara's house because the other Aunt Barbara's house had an Uncle Bobby, and Uncle Bobby smoked a lot of weed and yelled. Anyways... We had corn, we had blueberries, we had sweet potatoes, and we had all kinds of stuff around us. And I mean, the misconception that New Jersey is all city is just completely false. I mean, for the love of God, people, it's called the Garden State. Let's use some common sense here. So, it was raining, and I made some plans with Amy Tudor to meet behind my house. Um, there were no cell phones, there was no texting. Uh, there was no Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, Facegram, or anything like that. And so the only way I knew that she would be there, she told me to come out when she sees her coming into the field. So I did what any other 10-year-old did. I waited by the window in the dining room that overlooked our backyard and, and back behind our barn and our field. Um, I do remember, though, we had some pretty thick green curtains. And I would just wrap myself up in these green curtains while the, the heater vent was right below me. And that oil heater would blow this warm air. And it would fill up this big green thick um, green curtain. And it would like be like this giant balloon. And it would just feel good. I remember one day my stepdad, John, uh, he walked by and he saw me, what I was doing. And he said, hey, what are you doing? And I told him, well, um, as I unwrapped myself from the, you know, from the, from the curtains, I said, I'm waiting for Amy, and when I see her, I'm going to meet her in the field. He goes, okay, what are you guys going to do? And I said, well, you know, we'll probably just walk around, uh, maybe, you know, play, uh, go see the horses, I don't know, climb in the barn. He said, okay, uh, it's raining outside, I, I want you to know that, and, uh, but I don't want you to go outside without your jacket on. I said, okay, 
you know, just dismissed what he was saying because I was too intent of looking out the window trying to see Amy. And he said, now listen, uh, and he reminded me a couple more times after that, I don't, you, I don't want you to go outside without your jacket on. And I said, okay, and then he just walked away. And I stood there, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, until I saw this little girl emerge from the woods from the other side of the field. Ha, there she was. And without ever thinking, I ran from the window, I sprinted down the stairs, and I ran whoop, right past my jacket out the front door and into the backyard. I ran up the little hill beside the barn, I ran through the weeds, I ran over the leftover lumber where one time I had a nail go through my foot. Uh, that's a whole nother story. And then I ran past my Aunt Barbara's barn, the good Aunt Barbara, and I... Look, let me stop there. It, well, I didn't have any bad Aunt Barbara's. I was saying the good Aunt Barbara's house I was allowed to go to, not the not the you know house that I would get yelled at and catch a secondhand high. But anyway, um, I ran past the the field and the barn, and I, I met her standing right there. And you probably think, well, listening to this, that this is some kind of childhood love story. But I'm telling you, it's not, guys. This is not even close to a love story. I was ten years old. Girls were gross. I mean, I did kiss a girl in kindergarten in the coat closet, but I mean, girls were still gross. Anyway, this is actually a sad story. Um, there weren't many kids my age in the neighborhood. They were all older or they were Italian. So having some boy or some girl my age to play with in the dirt was pretty awesome. A little side note here though, let me tell you how much grammar matters, okay? Because I told the story one time to a bunch of teenagers in my high school. And uh, you have to use the proper prepositions when you're telling the story. I once told a group of teenagers um, that I didn't have a lot of kids in my neighborhood growing up, so I spent a lot of time playing with myself. I quickly corrected to by myself, but the damage was already done. Yep, Mr. Klemek played with himself. I'll pause for laughter. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Is Anyone Seeing This? We'll be right back after a short word from our sponsors. And now back to our story, episode three, the one about the worst spanking I never got. It was raining and I didn't have my jacket on. I stopped to catch my breath just as I got to Amy. I smiled and she smiled at me. I said hello and she said hi. And then I heard the sound of a window being thrust open with godlike power. I turned around and see John, my stepdad, glaring at me through the window screen. Then he yelled my name like my name has never in the history of my life ever been yelled before. He said, my guy, get in here now. I was a little confused. I turned and looked at Amy quickly, and her eyes were wide open like she had just seen a ghost. And then I looked down. Oh, no, I didn't have my jacket on. Oh, my God, what did I do? I started sprinting back home as fast as I could, and I never looked back. 
while running, I heard the window slam shut almost to the point of breaking, and I knew I was dead. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever had that nightmare where someone is chasing you, but you just can't seem to run fast enough? Like you're running and you're running, but you're just in slow motion. That was me taking my husky legs as fast as they possibly could go. How could I have been so stupid? John asked me this one thing, this one thing, and as soon as I saw this little girl, his request was forgotten like a jacket at an elementary school lost and found. Seriously, have you ever seen a lost and found at an elementary school? It's like a pint-sized thrift shop that Macklemore would be awesome shopping at. So just as I reached the corner of the house, John met me there. Boy, was he mad. Listen, this is the definition of mad. He was not like, oh, man, bro, I can't believe you did this kind of mad. He was this kind of mad. He was, this is, I'm not waiting on you to get here mad. I'm coming after your ass mad. That's what kind of mad he was. And before I could say anything, sorry, or let me explain, or, or, or anything, he snatched me up by the collar of my shirt, and he drug me through the front yard. He drug me up the concrete front porch steps. He drug me through the screen door. He drug me through the storm door and up another flight of steps. All the while, I'm pleading and begging, John, please don't kill me. Me. I know I disobeyed you, but I don't think it was going to go down like this. I was so young. I had so much to live for. Oh my gosh, I'm in so much trouble. He drugged me down the hallway and he drugged me down a quick right by my bedroom and into, the, into my room that had the baby blue carpet. And with a quick motion of his hand, he flung me onto my Dukes of Hazard bed sheet and pillows. I couldn't bear to watch. I closed my eyes super tight and my whole body clenched, bracing for impact, anticipating the pain that was about to radiate through my size H for handsome body. And then all of a sudden, just when, just when, here it comes, nothing. Nothing. Wait, what? Hold on. Don't look. Still nothing. Is this a joke? There's no freaking way I'm opening my eyes. Like some, so, like some sort of diabolical John in the box. As soon as I open my eyes, he's going to jump out and start wailing on me. Nothing. I slowly open one eye, prepared to see snarling teeth and a foaming at the mouth. Nothing. Then I open the other eye. Nothing. Okay, now I'm really confused. Alright, all right, here it is. There's no freaking way I'm stepping off this bed because he's under this bed and I've seen poltergeists. I know how this crap goes down. Nothing. One foot on the carpet. Nothing. Both feet ever so gently on the carpet. Nothing. It was quiet. I bent over and I checked under my bed because I still wasn't sure. 
Then I moved very quietly to the door, still not convinced that he was hiding behind the door and daring me to open the door. I opened the door, oh, so gently. I didn't want it to even crack or pop one time. And I waited and listened. Nothing. I walk out into the hallway. Nothing. Now, this is a time where terror has turned in curiosity. Where did he go? Why, why did he stop? Now, curiosity is now confusion. I slowly made my way down the hallway, putting both hands along the wall, afraid he was going to come up behind me. Until I saw the living room and it came into view. And there he was. He didn't look angry. He looked, wait, are those tears? He's sad. Why is he crying? Bro, my mind is seriously blown right now. I don't even know what's going on. He lifted his head and our eyes met. I was certain just the sight of me would all of a sudden just bring back all this rage and emotion and he'd lash out at me. But not this time. He calmly and quietly spoke and he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I got so mad about your jacket. And then he stretched out his arms, motioned me for a hug. <laughs> yeah, right, buddy. I'm not falling for this one. But as I thought about it, I quickly gave in and then I fell into his arms. He apologized again and again and he said he loved me. And I'm sure at that time I reciprocated that love. But I'm sure it was probably mostly out of fear. I know that this man truly loved me as a father, and I loved him as a father. But seeing him like this, I was stunned. Seeing a grown man cry was something I've never seen before. I mean, the restraint and the grace that he showed me was a lesson that will stick with me for all my years. Probably also the reason why I wear jackets everywhere I go. I don't know. Listen, I deserve that spanking. But what I got was so much worse at the time. I saw the results of my own disobedience and how my actions can affect other people. Seeing that truth unraveled before your eyes didn't feel good at all. It made me sick. It made me sick to my stomach. And I was sorry. I was sorry in my actions and in my character. I beat, myself pretty, I beat myself up pretty bad about this, and you actually hit yourself harder than anybody else could ever hit you. That lesson was valuable, and it was very painful, but yet it wasn't painful at all. Self-control, patience, restraint, grace, all the qualities I want to have as a man, all the qualities I want my son to have, all those qualities I learned on a rainy day because I didn't have my jacket on. Listen, I honestly don't remember ever seeing Amy Tudor ever again after that. She probably was too scared to talk to me. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe she thought I was murdered. I don't know. 
Whatever the case, I want to thank you, Amy Tudor, because this is all your fault. If you didn't come out into the field through the woods, I never would have ran outside without that jacket, and this never would have happened to me. I never would have received the worst spanking I never got. So maybe we shouldn't spank our kids. Maybe instead we should just scare the heavy, we should just scare, oh God, I messed up. I'm going to say that again. This is unedited here. So here we go. So maybe we shouldn't spank our kids. Maybe instead we should just scare the living hell out of them and make them feel like death's cold grip is firmly squeezing around their necks. It certainly worked for me. P.S. I still flinch when it rains.